2: Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and on this week's podcast we'll be talking about the game that happened at the weekend, the final uh, cataclysmic decider who truly are the champions of Europe uh, the two contesting teams very much like the Ottoman Empire and the Austro-Hungarian Empire in the lead up to the First World War will fight a fight all like Oasis versus Blur in uh, the mid-90s fought out a cataclysmic battle to decide this thing unfortunately it ended up a sort of a stalemate as as the result was a creditable 1-3 uh, draw between the two teams so we'll still never know which are the true t- champions of Europe um, but it was a it was a fine battle between uh, 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 the Hams and Manchester United Arab Emirates, and uh, here to talk about it on the podcast are. Pete Harcourt. Good evening, Phil. Hello, Pete. Everything all right? Very well, thank you. Apart from the result, yes, not 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 the, not the result we were after, but uh, but you know, good game, good game. Uh, also with us, it is a uh, uh, director of new editorial product development at the Telegraph. It's Dan Silver. Hello, Phil. That right? Dan. You have got that right. I forget that job title myself, so you've done very well. Yeah, uh, I, I it takes quite a lot of memorising. Been on LinkedIn, been LinkedIn have we? writer on, on tech and gaming. As well, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Also with us is uh, uh, West Ham United has a very good defence, but uh, the best defence in this country is Simon Pentel, Casey.
1: Good evening, lovely to be here. Um, I haven't actually made 300 appearances for West Ham like your last most prominent guest or the guest on your last podcast, but I've suffered 2,000 appearances for West Ham. Yes. So I think, um, sorry Tony Gale, but I beat you there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: lightweight Tony (laughs) Gale. Lightweight. Um, Good though, good fun that
2: podcast, wasn't it Pete? It was great. He's a good guy, isn't he? he Really nice guy. I know a lot of people say
4: don't meet your heroes and stuff, but he was just a genuinely lovely guy.
2: Yeah, you can sort of see how he's um, the sort of glue between that kind of, especially the boys of 86. But also he's like... uh, uh, you know Bish is over in a few weeks and he was going oh, I'll give you his number okay him on the podcast yeah. and all this uh, we talked a little bit about Dix the fact Dix doesn't really like watching football anymore and he's like oh god if it's, he can't Talk to Julian about football he's, uh, He just keeps in touch with sort of everyone He played with and you can sort of see why He's the sort of social Glue of that bunch of ex-players Because he's a big, he's just the big personality That I think things kind of coalesce around and, you, and
4: I don't know whether it's just Something from the boys of the 80s and the 90s Before sort of the big money yeah. But just really down to earth There was no arrogance about him whatsoever And he's it's
1: it's also the answer to the quiz Question, which player Um, Throughout his career, played alongside Bobby Moore, Liam Brady, George Best and Alan Shearer. Yeah, extraordinary. It's an extraordinary
2: career, isn't it? He was sort of Bobby Moore's understudy, wasn't he? He came in, started at Fulham in in 77, didn't he? Mm. But He was in the youth sort of set up before that. Yeah, same time as Moore. It's extraordinary Anyway We played Manchester City At the weekend uh, You know It was a free hit In some ways And uh, How did we How do we see that game? I I wasn't disappointed I was
4: disappointed with the, re- with the end result But I think we played Some decent stuff There was mm-hmm. some good performances Across the pitch James Ward-Prowse Again proving What a signing he's been Incredible Yeah And um, I thought that Kufau actually delivered a decent cross for once, and it was a great cross, which a good cross. was which was nice to see. One of the things that I think from previous podcasts over years gone by, you've spoken about Man City's tactical fouling, and I don't know whether you spotted it. Yeah. James oh, yeah. ward just on the edge of the box was just about to start a counter attack, and Foden pulled him down. Yeah, and, uh, Rodri went up and high-fived him afterwards. Yeah, and you're just like it's so frustrated.
2: That's their shit They're not. They're not kind of persistent rollers around pretending to have been fouled and time wasters. Their thing is, it's the George Graham's Arsenal. They used to do that. If they sense that a kind of team was building an attack, just trip them up. Yeah, just trip them up because it'll be near the centre circle. You won't get a yellow card, but it just stops the other team's rhythm. And no. and yeah, they are. That's their particular brand of shit sorry. I mean, it's slightly more honest than lying and pretending you've been elbowed in the face and wasting time and stuff like that at least it's kind
1: of there's something a bit blue collar about fouling people yeah that wasn't why we lost was it so no no um I mean look I actually thought it was disappointing particularly as we'd taken the lead and to concede within seconds of the resumption after half time is is really unforgivable um although You know, fairness to Kufal, I thought he did very well against Doku, who's clearly a top quality uh, footballer. But um, in a game where. As we anticipated, um, we would cede the majority of possession to City. We actually carved out some very, really very creditable chances. Yeah. chances. And as they say often, you know, it's a game of small margins. And I'm well aware it, you can apply it to life ifs and ands and pots and pans. But. The Edison save oh, from so Zuma's so header, header was yeah. simply extraordinary. And it's such a pity that for Mikel Antonio that he, his touch let him down at the last moment yeah. because he was clean through and I actually was up and I thought he was going to bury it. But there we are. It's West Ham. And I think because we have made such strides this season, um, it was disappointing to lose that game. <laughs> and I don't abide by this view that well it's City they're arguably the best club side in the world we did the best we could and it's so 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 that we lost. No we shouldn't take that attitude into games we are I think much better than that and I think therefore it was disappointing for me
2: Yeah,
3: I I agree with all of that but I think by the same token City could have won that 8-1 and we couldn't have had any complaints. Mm. I think Harland had an XG himself of like three. <laughs> you know, the chances he missed alone in that first half, we could have been out of sight after 25 minutes. I so, agree. Um, and, you know, I think, I, I think the debate around Moyes and his style of football is quite reductive. But really, nothing has changed. No. The personnel in certain areas have got better. But the way that his team's play, you're going to give up chances. And if you give up chances to one of the best teams in club football, they're invariably ne- going to take them. They didn't on, on Saturday until the end of the game, but we could have been completely
1: outside. We could. We, we could. But, on picking up on that, Dan, um, and it's a theme that I've been banging on about for years now, uh, I, we have so desperate to have another centre-forward in that team, yeah. we can't keep withdrawing Michele Antonio after 66 minutes, 68 minutes, or 70 minutes because he's run himself into the ground and not replace him with a centre forward who can play in that manner. Um, it's simply, he's the focal point of every attack. He's For me, he's, he's actually quite a unique centre forward in this day and age. But We need somebody who can actually hold it up and make a bloody nuisance of himself in the last 20 minutes of the game. And we don't have anyone close and haven't had anyone close to being able to do that, in truth, since Mikel Antonio signed for us. And that's in the 2015-2016 season.
4: News hot off the press, courtesy of ex-WHU employees, that Antonio has just signed a new contract.
1: Yeah, but that's great. He can't... He can't no. play ninety minutes at that rate. No, no. That's the. <clears throat> Thirty-three now, thirty-four. I mean, I think the you
2: know the uh, as you say, Dan, the, the, the sort of argument about sort of what what constitutes Moyes' ball and what constitutes Moyes' tactics is is you know kind of a reductive one. I, I mean, I think we're five games in, and uh, certainly Chelsea and Brighton. Um, were two teams that we approached as if they're better teams than us. So we played a kind of containing game and hit them on the break. The idea of you know that we see concession. Well, when we played Luton, who I think we went into going we're better than them, we had the majority of possession. And sixty something percent possession of that. You know, sort of back to the old routine with Manchester City, who it's fairly safe to assume are a better team than us, as has been evidenced by their performances in the last few years. But it does make me think. I look at you know our team and think that's a very good team now, and and they're you know when we. I hope that in considering which teams are sort of better than us, I even sort of forgive the Bournemouth performance in a, in a way, if it if it was sort of defensive and negative, which I actually don't think it was. I think we just couldn't get the ball off them. It's okay. the first game of the season, no new signings. First game of the season, they're really up for it. They've got a new manager and actually... What, what we were sort of accused, or Moyes in particular was accused of doing, I don't think was actually happening. I don't think he wanted the team to sit back. He's waving with his arms going, get up the pitch. Go. But they just couldn't get the ball off Bournemouth. Because Bournemouth conceded and then their tails went up yeah. and we couldn't get the ball off. Yeah, they but but they I mean, brought on five attackers.
1: Yeah. Yes. I, I, mean, I agree with everything that Dan has said as well. We could have been significantly behind at half-time, but... If you're going to be super analytical about it, you know, this was a city team without De Bruyne, without Grealish, without um, Stones. I'm not suggesting for a minute they were there for the taking because they're a supreme (laughs) outfit. Um, And it helps when you've got a sovereign nation behind you to do that. But... um, it wasn't their strongest 11. No, it was pretty no. damn strong, but not their strongest. And I was taken back, and I was hoping we might start as we did in the 2-all game, where we yeah. actually ran all over them for yeah. the first 45 minutes. The problem there was we ran out of puff yeah. in the second half. Yeah, yeah. And I was really hoping, coming into that game with our tails up after you know a couple of great away wins... And the and the Chelsea win at home that we might actually um, go out there and really give it a go. Yes, and we didn't. Although we took the lead, I constantly felt that if they get it back and they probably will, we're going to be in big problems. Yes, and that's how it proved. There was a sort of
2: team selection thing that you know before the team came out, and Jim and I were you know at a bar before the game. there'd been that thing that Alvarez's flight back from international duty was slightly delayed Mm. and I sort of thought, you know uh, David Moyes is going to put Thomas Suchek in because he likes things from the past he likes things from the past (laughs) (laughs) more than things from the present or the future Uh, and he just loves Thomas Suchek and and Jim very astutely went no, that's not the reason. But he will put Thomas Suchek in. Mm-hmm. He went. He'll play uh, Alvarez, um, P- Ward Prowse, and Suchek, and then the front three will be Pakatar, Bowen, and Antonio. And Jim was absolutely right. And we're going. Oh no, Kudus. he will play Kudus? And he's going. I don't think he will play Kudus. No. And he didn't play Kudus. And um, his does Jim. And I did. Yes, he, he, he knows his mores. <laughs> well, um, but it was. I mean, certainly about halfway through the first half, Jim and I both said, "I don't think it needs Suchek. I think you could have had a more attacking. I think, I think between the central defenders and Alvarez and Warpress, we are handling their very, very good midfield. You know, it's the you know that their left flank is difficult at the moment." You know, yeah. Slufala is containing
1: this token guy, I, I said, but I thought, it is taking all his attention. I thought he did really well. Yeah, I think a bigger problem, and I hope I'm not making too much of it because I know that he's earned a lot of plaudits, um, is a mm-hmm. Not just because of the second goal, um, and that really was down to a Gerd. He left poor the poor keeper in no man's land. I just fear when I watch him that he's not actually physically... Big and strong enough, um, in the air. He's great on the ground, and he's got terrific speed of recovery. But you kind of were thinking. That had he and Zuma been swapped places, that, se- that second goal would not have been scored. Yeah. That Zuma would have got his big head on it and that ball would have been cleared. And um, it really was an awful piece of defending. I don't want to call the guy out. He's made some, had some great performances for us since he's joined. But I, just, I have this sense that he doesn't have the physical bulk that you need um, if you're going to withstand nothing more than a little chip into the area. Um, and that, that, that ball should have been headed clear.
3: Yeah, I, I I agree. I I really want again to be a huge success, and yeah. clearly he's a very talented footballer. In the World Cup, he was great. In Liga, he was he was phenomenal. And like you say, he can pass a ball like no defender we've had for maybe since Rio. I mean, yep. he's an incredible passer of the ball, but he gets caught out. I mean, you know, obviously he cleared one off the line, and you know his positioning is not bad, but. He, he lacks it in those challenges. You know, there were a couple of times at Luton where he got in a right state with Areola.
4: left the back post, didn't he? Yeah. he yeah. just relaxed at the back post.
1: <clears throat> he
3: didn't. And it's, it's clearly something in his game that needs to be worked
1: on. He kind of reminds me of Koscielny, the yes. Arsenal player. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a very technically adept footballer. And on the ground, he's terrific. But this is England, this is the Premier League, and even against Man City, the balls in the air are an awful lot, and I thought, yet again, on Saturday, I thought Zuma was just terrific. He was, yeah, yeah. Truly terrific. He doesn't have the anticipation and the ability to read the game. You mentioned Rio, but, you know, Rio's out there on Planet Sog, insofar as that's concerned, but... His recovery, his speed of recovery, his ability to stretch, get his foot at the end on the end of it, his head on the end of it, whatever it takes. Um, and I think the captaincy is suiting him. He's taken that responsibility on his shoulders, yeah. and I think he's trying to carry us through as a one-man defence.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean a lot of defences are composed of a sort of a clogger and a fancy Dan, aren't they? <laughs> I think I think um, you know, Gerd did come into the team quite late last season because of his injury early on. I, I, You know, I like Dan, I really want him to come good and I think he's got a lot... He's very good... Uh, he's a very good tackler. Yeah. In the same way that Steve Potts, tiny Steve Potts, was. Yeah, just had no fear about tackling a player inside the penalty area. It's like,
1: well, I'll just have to win the ball. Well, it's that tackle he made, again made, isn't it, at Newcastle last season, mm. which was read on, on, on Wilson, which is reminiscent of Morrow yeah. against yeah. Jarzinho. I mean... He had to be absolutely pinpoint accurate. Yes. When he when he slid across, otherwise that was a penalty every day, all day and all night, and it was fantastic. But that's what I'm talking about. On the ground, he's great. In the air, yeah. not so
4: much. Yeah. You wonder if we. Moyes was interested in Maguire beforehand, whether that was yeah. the man with a three at the back and maybe a three at the back of more, yeah. more of the left sided centre back.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's what his plan is with Dinos if we yeah. ever see him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday, surely. Surely we'll see him on Thursday. Oh,
3: yeah, you would hope say,
2: so, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a sort of didn't he have a sort of back problem when he first came? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's like sort of
4: you know, Yeah, he was on the bench, wasn't he, versus City. Yeah. So.
2: so um but yes, I did I did sort of think that uh Suchek was possibly you know a little sort of surplus to requirement in that game I mean it was obviously you could see the intention was you know he seems to have a free role Thomas Suchek to do whatever he wants and I think because he does have a good engine he's as likely to make a last ditch tackle as he is to get his head on the ball in the other team's penalty area Um, but um, you know one thing it sort of did lead on to was Paqueta not having a free role. Paqueta was playing sort of on the left touch line, quite a quite a bit in that game. He well, was.
1: He was. Just I would have preferred to have seen him start with Paqueta in the middle and Kudos or somebody else on the left. I don't care if it was Fornals. Ben Rama, whomsoever. I like um, Paquetta in that more withdrawn role because some of the stuff he did on Saturday was Amazing. simply fantastic. Yeah. Uh, there was a fantastic. fantastic
2: bit of play between him and Emerson. It was like a Brazilian yeah. masterclass really early on in the game. Yeah. And and I think the way that Pae, uh, when he came, the, the ball players Were drawn to him So you often got Triangles Between Noble mm. Pié And Cresswell Because yes. they can all Pick a pass And they could all play They sort of make Each other better And I think You know Because That's I probably
4: my issue With Suchek though I think That he That's the, the one part Of his game That I think He he can't play a pass Unless it's to Kufel He can't yes pass. So if you're doing those triangles in midfield, that's not the person.
2: Yes, you want yes. Them. I mean, I think that I think that, you know, James Ward-Prowse, Packatar and uh, Alvarez is a fantastic midfield. I really and, yeah. and I think that, you know, what was fantastic about the Rice suchek partnership when it first evolved, was that it was incredibly unorthodox. Mm. You know, the only similar partnership to it was Rice and Calvin Phillips who were like both a little bit jack-of-all-trades. There wasn't one that was clearly defensive and one that was clearly sort of attacking. Uh, And they found a way to work together. And I think that those three would do that very well. Alvarez does have a sort of natural tendency to protect... The back fours. But he's you know, good with the ball at his feet, though. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a
3: great yeah. player. Yeah, really good And play in out. fact, we were playing out from the back through him yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. We'd come back between the centre-backs, get the ball short. We never played the ball short from no. ball kicks. No, Suddenly
2: we're playing short. He's it, not it's
3: just a DM, is it? He's
2: a, uh,
1: no. a, a proper player, Alvarez.
2: Yeah, yeah and I think that, that, you know, I do think that... Um, you know, whatever one thinks of Thomas Suchek, he is the, the, the person that... If you're trying to upgrade players without any sort of malicious intent towards those players or any sort of dissing of those players, he is someone whose position is slightly under threat by this new reconfigured midfield. And I think Moyes has just got to go. I can't. I've got to squeeze him in. Can we play twelve players? You know, just, that
4: should be the beauty of having European football. Yes, yes. Yeah. That you need that squad. It's not just them saying, "Oh." You know, you might be in the Carabao Cup third round and the FA Cup third round. If You know, if we stay in maybe a bit bit longer, you're, you're guaranteed at least six games in Europe. He's going to see some action.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so you know, one, one is hoping. I mean, you know, he, he's, he was quite. He was talking a little bit about uh, Dinos and Kudos after the game, saying you know they they'll they need a bit of time to find their feet in this division. But like, you know, where did Doku? What yeah. league
1: did Doku, Doku need no time? Yeah. I have to say, is he from the Belgian <laughs> league. I, yeah. I, I have no, to they're they're say, good. I think that is that is the last refuge. Of the inadequate, that time. I, I, I fully get it if you've not played English, in English football before. It is very different because we all know the intensity is off the scale. But, um, you know, at West Ham, what time, did, what time did Dimitri Payet need to settle? Yeah. You know, his first game was, up, was at the Arsenal... The first thing he did was take a free kick that we headed in to go one-nil. And he was yes. mesmeric for the whole ninety minutes. And he'd said he was going to do it,
2: Logan Muhammad
1: Ali used to that's go. Oh, I'm, right. I'm gonna beat Joe Frazier in the fifth round. Well it's almost like Babe Ruth, you know, yeah. point, point yeah. into the pictures yeah. as to where the balls he went up baseball's to, going, and that's what he did. He went up to Kiyati before the game. When mm-hmm. uh you
2: you run on to it. When I hit a ball long You run onto it You know You're tall
1: You're headed head into the net Be ready to run When it looks like And that's a my point He didn't You know yeah. Really good players Don't need time to settle
3: No I did feel for Kudis though He's had like What five minutes at Luton When we're defending A, a one goal lead Yeah and his Ball was going over his head Comes on for half an hour against City. Played out on the wing. Didn't really look like a winger. Didn't really look like he knew where he wanted to be or needed to be. In his first three touches, facing his own goal with three City players on his back. I mean, yeah. it was quite a rough and introduction. And, of course, he played for
1: Ghana midweek. Yeah. But
3: yeah. when he moved into the middle, towards the end of the game, suddenly things started to happen he looked a lot more confident. He's a baller. Yes. He's a baller. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah.
4: Let's watch about Lincoln.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, um... <coughs> I thought what was, uh, what was great, what was like maximum noise, was a, um, a sort of a circular substitution that involved taking Thomas Suchek off and then bringing him back. On. Yeah, I thought he's, if he could find a way to create a substitution that uses all five substitutes but ends up only replacing one player... Would be fantastic. Um,
1: well, he was kind of forced into that, wasn't he? With
2: Arm- yeah, 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 because the because the injury was flagged up during the change. But there was literally a board with off twenty eight, and then another board with on twenty eight. Yes. in that little run, and I thought that was a fantastic development <laughs> in. It's like one of those theories that Einstein would have worked on in like the 1910s or something. This th- like Schrodinger's Schrodinger
1: substitution. How can you have well, a substitution? I, I z- the I player z- that's taken off is still there. As in, if you keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result, <laughs> yes, madness. Yes. Did you get
4: two appearances? Two appearances. Yeah, yeah, I hope
1: so. I'd so. <laughs> have been arguing for it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, Yes, hopefully Alvarez's uh, injury was not too bad.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. Well,
2: he said it wasn't
3: after the game. I think he spoke to Rashane Thomas in the mix zone and said it was just fatigue and his fight. Right, right. He, he was just tired, you know.
1: Yeah, but no one tells Rashane the truth. <laughs> no, I not right. trust him. <laughs>
3: oh, God, isn't he? Should we,
4: uh, we should have booked a canio on, really, shouldn't we?
2: Yes, he was there, wasn't he? Yes,
1: yes. Good to see him there. So I mean, you know Paolo. I do know Paolo, and he looked as—I I hate the term—but as fit as a butcher's dog. Um, I never understood what a butcher's dog looked like. No, but that's the term. Um, it's all his, meat diet. <laughs> <They're artists. laughs> well, I think that's pretty much what, what how Paolo is. He's always a, he's a fitness fanatic. Um, doesn't look a doesn't look half a kilo over his playing weight, and I actually thought. Um, when it came to the substitutions, you know, if we could register him in time, we've still got one slot left. Yes. Um, I'm sure that he could he could run out and do twenty minutes. Not for more than Danny Ing, isn't he? Well he's certainly <laughs> working. And he looks a lot younger. Yeah. Um got better hair. And he's got his well, he's his yeah. Um, and his dress sense All is far better. His dress sense is far better. Um, and you know, his his love for the club um, is just there for all to see, it's not put on with him, he he adores the club, he has that visceral connection with the fans, I said before, outside his family, he has two loves in life, one is Lazio, the other is West Ham, when he sings Bubbles, he he genuinely means it, we've all seen the clips of over the years when he's been invited to a game, on his feet, um, singing it as the teams come out, it's not staged. it's not put on and um i think the guy is just a genuine superstar i thought the welcome he got the rapture was well deserved and it's just a terrible terrible shame that we couldn't actually register him in time for that game (laughs) because i think he would have had those city defenders in a real flux even now what is like 46 or something (laughs) Age is just a number,
2: Phil. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but Danny. It was great to see him. I think he was one of those players that has a sort of real connection with the people watching the game, you know. It's like... Because Wright had that the second he arrived. You know, he was like the first goal that went in while Wright was at the club. He didn't score. But he went
1: mental when West Ham scored. No, he did you know, because he's away. He he That's right, there. at Hillsborough, so was I. And of course he was he felt very, very lonely having left all his mates at Arsenal behind. Mm-hmm. And I think felt a bit um, Uncomfortable, you know, wearing a, a clarin blue strip, and of course, it all changed when he scored um, at Hillsborough, and he went absolutely crazy and realised he could still actually do the same shtick at West Ham, and of yeah. course, it was at West Ham that he came back into the England reckoning. Yeah, that's right. And he, having been left out of the England squad, played again because he was that good. Yeah, um, and just great players are great players. Yeah, he was fantastic for us, wasn't he? Brilliant. 35 when he came. Yes, fantastic. Uh, He was just great for us. Because he um, had that wonderful enthusiasm, because of course he got picked up so late in his football life. Yeah. Um, Never had an academy, was rejected by Leighton Orient as a trialist, Um, didn't start professionally until he was 23. It's a very similar story to Mikel Antonio, Mm -hmm. and that's why you get that longevity. And that huge desire... And enjoyment and the thrill of playing, not for the money, yes. because it's the thrill of playing. And I think you see a very similar attitude in Mikhail Antonio, which is why, despite his errors and despite his misjudgments, I'm a massive fan of Mikhail because yeah. he plays every game as if his life depends on it, because it might be his last game, because he came to it so late.
2: Macaveni came from non league as well. And I think Mikhail was someone that sort of seemed to kind of play for a bit for the sort of fans as well as for. Himself, yeah,
1: but Macaveni is. Um, of course, played for St. Mirren and, and was transferred That's what we're going there, yeah, yeah. Um, but Macaveni is a hugely, I think, underrated player. Um, overtaken because of his penchant for an air hostess, um, <clears throat> or a page three girl, as it was in, in mm. 85 86, and his um penchant for um <clears throat> illegal drugs, um, but. For all of that, um, a highly underrated player, I oh, think. Oh, God, he's fantastic. I loved him. And and, and um, forgive the name-dropping, or forgive me bending down as I pick up the name that I'm about to drop. I was at a dinner um, some years ago with on a table with Kenny Dalgleish, who actually raved and thought that Frank McIverney was probably the most talented Scottish footballer since himself. That's wow. and that wow. And he was very critical of him because he thought that he didn't have the commitment... To see it through, but should have been a true world great, and he was a marvellous player, Frank. He just loved too many other things. Yeah, got his ankle crunched as well, though, didn't
2: he? Yeah. I mean, you know, he was the first footballer we had on this podcast, and uh, he's you know younger than me, and was walking with a stick, walking with a cane, because his ankle's just been you know like crackles when he moves, and mm. uh, you know. Chris Kamara wasn't he? Yeah, it, was
1: yeah. Chris Kamara. it was. and Chris Kamara I seem to remember got sent bullets through the post I was at that mm. game it was at, it was at um, Stoke wasn't it, it was Bradford? no it was at Stoke so, I'm pretty sure it was at Stoke away mm. beginning of the season Yeah. yeah. thanks Chris Kamara
2: <laughs> um, but it was uh, a good performance it was a good performance from their goalkeeper City's goalkeeper uh, it was great uh, but our goalkeeper was good as well I thought Sives, yeah um, Good, this season good. That, that extraordinary but the previous
3: Highest number Was him against Brighton Was it So he beat <laughs> his own Record <laughs> his own of nine record. Which which again Kind of goes back To my point You know we are We are yeah. playing better But we're still Giving up a lot Of good chances yeah. And the big difference This season Is we're scoring more And conceding less When that flips around As it will Because we are Overperforming in front Of goal Underperforming defence It'd be interesting To see the reaction Because essentially It's the same football
2: Last season, it's just the goals are going in at one end and not at the other. Well, yeah, I think, you know, I think we all grow in confidence. I mean, the last season we had a bad start and those Red players line. were, you know, they were just players who didn't turn up at the beginning of that season. Um, because Moyes likes a small squad, famously, and is also very attached to certain players and very reluctant to change them, he allowed pretty much half a season to go with a kind of you know, really underperforming Sufel, Sucek and Bowen and n- no alternatives on the bench I mean, he's still a kind of, you looked at the substitutions on Sunday and went there's not apart from the Kudos, who I think I thought should have started anyway was on the bench it's still a kind of quite a thin squad you know there's no backup in the full back positions also actually I thought uh, Emerson was really good he was and I think he's been really good this season he's come a lot I thought the Towards the end of last season, I thought he was the best player in Prague. I thought he was our best player in Prague. I, and that run and shot that's you know, just nicked off his
1: foot by a sliding mm-hmm. defensive tackle, that's goal-bound. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he actually really benefited from the European adventure last season. Yeah. I think it's given him the confidence, particularly in the semi-final and in the final where he was at arguably the best player on the field. Um, I know Bowen scored, but um, I thought he he had a terrific performance. And I think he's taken the confidence, you know, for all those years at Chelsea, I don't think he played about a dozen times, did he? Um, And he's now actually looking like he can play in a back four. I never thought he could. I thought he could only play um, in a a five across the middle um, as a a classic wing-back. But he's starting to look like he might actually... Cut it as an old-fashioned left back. Well, he's pacey, isn't he? He is. Um,
2: he's good with the ball at his feet. You know, he's a proper. You know, he's a Brazilian footballer. Yeah. You no know, place for Italy. He's a, He's got. He's got all those chops. Um, played
4: a season with Pacatara at Leon as well, didn't he? Yeah, so I think that's why they.
2: They, they click. click. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, I remember, you know, not not really having Sky or knowing who a lot of footballers are. I remember when they bought, when Chelsea bought that uh, La Cucaracha guy from Brighton <laughs> going, because they just bought Chilwell about a year before. So I was that's going, right. okay, so now we should get whoever their third one is because they've got two in unnecessarily Greece. So. They must like have some thing. guy there now that is spare. And sure enough, we did buy him. But that's, it was like, possibly the one and only astute piece of knowing who and in fact I didn't even know their third choice player
1: was but I was going we should see if he's available. I think as well that he looks as if he's really enjoying life at West Ham Yeah, he's looking not as if well I've had to come here from Chelsea and I'll just pick up my money. I agree with you, I agree with you Dan absolutely. Now he looks as if he is our number one pick at left back and he's enjoying that status. His confidence is high, and I think we're seeing the best of him.
2: Yeah. So moving forward, you know, like I said, I mean, I, 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 it'd be interesting to see how we start sort of setting up against teams that we should go into that game thinking we are better than you know. And obviously, when we were a low lying team last season in about 14th place, it means that, or you know. 16th place it meant there were 15 teams that we thought were better than us so you're you know Moyes is temptation is to go into all of those games playing like you know an old-fashioned away team sort of soak it up and hit them on the break but there's got to be some teams we feel we can just go toe-to-toe with because Brighton and Brentford do Brentford go, here's the opposition, we'll just go toe-to-toe with them and try and beat them by playing football better than them we won't try and contain them, we won't try and hit them on the break, we will just go toe-to-toe and I think we have that sort of you know, we've got quality in that in that squad And in that first 11 To be able to really do that And um,
4: Well after Liverpool
2: We've, we've got Champions some it's more favourite it's right. United but then it's Newcastle it's new and Nothing's going to change yeah. for uh, we've, Liverpool
4: We've also got I think Palace, Brentford Burnley Those sort of yeah. things yeah. Everton are now.
2: coming up around Is there just... as
3: well I mean Alvarez I think Gives you that platform To play that attacking team in front yeah. of them Because he's so good at protecting the back four Declan yeah. Rice could have played that role, but clearly didn't want to play that role last season. But Alvarez is very happy playing that role. And then that gives you the platform to be more attacking in front. So, you know, you could very easily imagine a, a sort of front four of Paquitar, Kudus, Bowen and Antonio
1: ripping things around. I'm yeah. going to say that, what in, in respect of that, that that's very much, um, I don't want to sound like a little Englander, because I'm not, but um, that psychology of Alvarez happy to play that role is because it's not it's classically not an english type role Absolutely. and if you think of all those world class players who have just sat in front of their back four nicked it, soaked it up got it, just laid it off and just moved slowly forward yeah. waiting to pick it up a position Precisely, <laughs> that is a very non-English position, whereas I think Declan always wanted to be Brian Robson, Arsenal, or Stevie G, box to box doing everything, including intercepting and making clearances and helping out the back four, but in addition to getting forward and driving the team forward. Alvarez has got no real intent of driving us forward. He just does enough to be the foundation for attacks. Nick it, get it, give it, keep yeah. possession. And that's very much a European style of, of, of position, I believe.
2: Yeah, and it yeah. gives us the platform.
1: He does. To build them.
2: Yeah, yeah. We'll be back after this message talking personnel the the sort of squad uh, was announced last week which left a sort of spare berth which feels to me like it's a shaped birth for a decision to come on whether to uh, include him in the team. But other, um, just before we start the podcast, Simon, you brought up the the Fornell's situation, that he's um, turned down a new contract. You know, perfectly understandably, uh, he was, you know, as, as I've said many times, was sort of, you know, a very unfortunate and a very unlucky fall guy for any reconfiguration of the team last season, uh, and that is possibly magnified this year with the arrival of new midfielders mm-hmm. and Kudus up front. And um, do you think that we're a team that, in
4: January, if somebody offered nine or ten mil, we could pass that up to keep him? to No, the we end have of the to sell him in January
1: because if we don't, he's going to go at the end of this season for nothing. Yeah, and we can't. You know, he's a twenty million pound player. Um, we've had a good five years out of him he clearly has given everything I think to the club and there can be no hard feelings that he doesn't want to exercise the option that is all in his favour to stay a further season but you have to take a very pragmatic approach to it if he's not going to sign a new deal um, you've got to get rid in, in January, otherwise he's going to go for nothing and it may not be, in, you know, in any other walk of life, £10 million is a shed load of money, in Premier League football it isn't, but for West Ham, um, it's, it's a sizable amount that they simply cannot allow That's to walk out the door. With the European yeah.
4: football, I just wondered whether it was, whether yeah. it would
1: No, I, I, I think I th- I, you can't stick with him just because we may get into the knockout stages yeah. of the Europa, um, I think you just have to be pragmatic and be ruthless about it and say if you're not going to sign and you don't want to and if you can't change his mind between now and christmas if the right offer comes in adios amigo no pun intended with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore.
3: Yeah. Um, and, and away he goes. And and you know might be takes his place. I mean <laughs> yeah. you know, he just slots into that, that reserve position. I think
1: uh, I've got a problem with him though. Well sorry.
3: I think but we, we well <laughs> but back to four now before we go on to your, your problem with Jesse. Um I think I'd be very yeah. sad to see him go, but I think he's really suffered from his versatility and yeah. the fact that he's a seven, eight out of ten player in a lot of positions. Whereas we need eight, nine out of ten players in specific positions. I
1: mean I remember Fantastic when filling. he Not when, when he joined team. You know, it was the view across football was that West Ham have signed a real player here, yep. Yep. and he is a real player. But I, I agree with you, Phil. Um, he suffered because of his versatility. He can play as a ten. He can play wide on either side. He can play in the central midfield. And unfortunately, the more and more football becomes regimented, those who are the, jack, the you know a jack of all trades unfortunately, get cast as a master of none. And it's really unfair yeah. in his case, yeah. but I think that's where he's left. Well, I
0: think time. that happened
2: with Mark Noble. I mean, that's that's what happened with him. I think, you know, like, played for England at every level up Except until senior up. the senior level. And not only played at every level, was a mainstay mm. of the under-21s, an absolute mainstay, because of his raw uh, ability and talent. But, you know, when Kirbishly decided that he shouldn't go past the halfway line, should just be defensive, uh, and uh, then you know successive managers came in, he fulfilled sort of different roles, all of which he could do to a degree. Suddenly, the type of player he was, no
1: one really knew anymore. Well, I think with, with Nob's is that you have to go back to the 06-07 um, season, and the 3-0 win against Bolton, yeah, um, which went a long way to keeping us up against all odds. Absolutely. He scored a brilliant goal in that game, and everyone raves about Carlos Tevez's performance, which, of course, was off the scale. But Noble, in that game, was simply brilliant in an offensive role. That Absolutely fantastic. That whole run of
4: fixtures.
2: That whole yeah. run of fixtures. Well, um, uh, the Ginger Pele coming in and Noble becoming a regular... Because didn't Noble come back from loan in that season? I think he might have started 6-7 at Ipswich and come back. Hmm. I'm not sure he did, but... Yeah, might I, I, can't like... I can't remember. I can't remember. But he... Because um, I think the glimpses we saw, we were saying, Kerbs play Noble hmm. because... The season was panning out disastrously. Mm. Noble looked good. And, you know, we as fans who think we see everything miles before the manager does, I think in that instance, certainly went play this fucking kid playing this fucking kid. He did, looks dynamite. But it's Alan it Kerbyshire, so of course we saw it miles
3: before yeah, the manager. Didn't it take quasi getting injured for noble Probably, to get in the yes. Yeah, I think well, you're right, Dan. Yeah, yeah. right.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah but, um, Best thing Kwasi did. sort of reconfiguration of... I think maybe Gabadon was like... His form was diver- deserting him a bit. So I think he ended that season with Anton and Collins. Collins yeah. You know, and... Um, Collins coming into the team and Noble coming into the team and playing those last dozen or so matches. That's the reason we stayed up.
1: Well not quite I mean Rob Green was superlative and of course the game against Arsenal at their place when we became the first team to win at the visiting team to win at the Emirates Um, of course Bobby Zamora scored an extraordinary goal in that game but I think that was the only shot we had on target for 90 minutes and they must have had about 25 and by hook or by crook or miracle, um, Rob Green um, repelled them at every instance. It was the most one of the most remarkable goalkeeper it was performances like a cheat code, wasn't it? I've yeah. ever seen. It was I, one of I was, those I was in the
3: fantastic. press box at that game. Yeah. five minutes after the whistle went, I still thought they were going to equalise. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was just, it, it was incredible. It was fantastic. What a performance! Yeah, and the Aussie that we had, I liked Lucas Neal. Yeah, it's Lucas Neal. Yeah. Incredible. That's it. yeah.
2: He right. was. Um, Because didn't we buy him as a centre-back and he wasn't very good at that? But then we played him as a right-back and he was better. Though he was quite slow and Anton cottoned on to that so sort of would quite often double up with him on a kind of... I remember we played someone with a very fast left-sided player and we played them twice in the season and the second time we'd work them out. Like Anton just went over... And, and just doubled up with Lucas Neal Yeah but Lucas
1: Neal If he had somebody playing against him Who was particularly quick and and, and very clever Would just in an old fashioned way Just take them yeah. sp- Bark out, I yeah, mean, yeah, unceremoniously dump them over over the over the wall. I mean, it would be as brutal as that. But no, I remember kind of that. like that. But then again, I'm a West Ham, yeah. so I would like that. You know. No,
2: I remember. Yeah. We we went up to Stoke and uh, they just got Everington and you know, having, knowing what we did about Everington we we said Lucas should just really yeah. just shoulder him into the holdings very early on in the game, yeah. and he did, and you didn't hear anything from Everton for the well. I went to the it game. This great thing because Rory DeLapp had uh, his long throw. Oh, and yeah. he had this sort of towel at the edge that's of the right. that the ball boy gave him, and we got we got a throw in, and uh, Lucas still <laughs> turned to the ball boy and, went, that's the towel, son. Give us the towel. Give us. The... And, the, and the little kids going, well, no, that's for Rory Dilap. And he's going, son, give me that fucking towel. And he just <laughs> took the towel, and he didn't need the towel at all. He just he just well, took the towel.
1: I I went yeah. in that game with the ghost goal. Um, the Tevez ghost yeah, Blackburn. at Blackburn. I went. There was a. I went to the lunchtime kickoff. I was invited to Old Trafford. Um, Manu smashed Bolton four 0 and I went in a very fast car. I don't know what motorway it was. I mean, outside once I get north of Hendon, I don't know where the bloody hell I am. So um, off to, off to Blackburn, and they had a, a winger playing against. Um, Against Lucas Neal And in the first five minutes He absolutely crunched oh, it
4: him That would have been Pedersen wouldn't Yeah, it, I he think absolutely
1: uh, crunched yeah. him it, Fantastic Got a booking And just looked over his shoulder And thought, yeah, well It's actually finish, mate Well, a lot of those
4: Boys from that team Said Lucas Neal For team morale And bringing that team together yeah. He was amazing
2: It's that, that Aussie winning mentality Wasn't it? I mean, was No, he would have been the Captain before The complete opposite of that Which was Matthew Upson, Upson yeah. Yes Who's Who's uh, Whose moth like roar.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Come on, lads. Come on. Do, do your best, lads.
1: Well, that was Come the great, that was the terrible tragedy, wasn't it? We sold the wrong one. Yeah. Um, we kept, or we kept the wrong one, whichever way yeah. you want to put it. You know, the ginger pellet well, should it, never yeah. have left and yes. and should have gone. Yes, uh, and, uh, that's the wisdom for you.
2: That is like, you know, sort of, w- when a new manager turns up at a club, it's like it sort of needs someone to go, to, sort of tell them what's going on at the club it's like um, there clearly was a problem with uh, Upson being captain and also Upson's form sort of slowly beginning to desert him mm. you know because he was really good in that 10th place Kirby season. He yes. was quietly went about his business very good central defender it's funny that two of our players were called up for the 2010 World Cup whereas anyone that watched the Washington team regularly went their form is really sliding yep. and you're going to take them to be our central defender and our goalkeeper Ballkeeper, at the World yeah who had been fantastic. Yeah. We'd just had a bad year under Avram Grant because he's getting no protection from his well, back. Everyone football. had a bad yeah, year under yeah, Avram yeah,
1: Grant. Yeah. It's not very difficult. But of course Upson scored in those World Cup finals, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah. And poor poor um Grino, who fumbled that goal against the, the US against the there. USA. Um, as it's often said, you know, um, everyone remembers that. But in the same game, made an absolute worldie yeah. to keep, an, keep England in that game. That's almost been confined to the dustbin of history. And all that's ever filched out of it is when he just fluffed Makes it. that mistake, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: yeah. Clint Dempsey, wasn't it? Yeah. Clint Dempsey. Um, yes, but he's... Uh, Upson's quite wretched in that game where we get beat 5-1 by... Uh, Wigan, wasn't it? Uh, no, uh, f- for England against oh, yeah. um, Germany. Germany. Yeah. With, fan- with, uh, with the, the phantom goal. Phantom phantom goal. 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 Yeah. Very
1: much not a phantom goal. <laughs> <laughs> it was a goal. <laughs> it, was a goal. <laughs> it was a goal. Tevez's wasn't, but that very much, about two foot over the line, was I mean, it? that's the fucking
2: counter-argument to Sheffield United fans, or to Henry Winter, who went, Carlos Tevez kept them up. Carlos Tevez stopped a Blackburn Rovers shot on the line that's how much
1: he didn't help us you know, Henry Winter on all of that and I'm sorry, I know he's a highly acclaimed and and very decent journalist, talking out of his rear end in all of that analysis and um, I, I... that, that that whole the whole proceedings that was brought over that Tevez gate, the idea that Carlos Tevez kept West Ham up is yeah. just Insane. palpable nonsense. Yeah. one player, however talented, cannot as we were saying before in that season. So you ignore Rob Green's performance at Arsenal, you ignore Bobby Zamora, who had a tremendous upturning form, you ignore Lucas Neal's performances, you ignore Noble, and. Carlos Tevez kept us up. Yeah. Oh, please! Yeah, and I
2: yeah, it sort of makes me uh, really dislike Henry Winter, and also think it, it makes him a stupid, vain man to be bought as a kind of expert witness. Brilliant, they're calling me, you know, because I'm an expert, so I'm going to be an expert witness on it, and then to sort of you know cast a rule over Carlos and go, yes, I in my. Expertise as a football journalist, uh, I decree that yes, he was good enough to literally change the course of the season. It's just like it's an incredibly stupid thing for anyone to go, yes, this is a finite, this is a sort of finite
1: thing, like you know, fuck him and Sean Bean, fuck (laughs) the (laughs) ball. That's what I like to see. But the nonsense of that and the fallacy of that argument is demonstrated. in the game that season, the, the 3-4 game, uh, against the Scum... When, of course, he, Tevez, was simply superlative. Yeah. But we lost 4 3. So, how can you therefore extrapolate and say that Carlos Tevez kept us up? He couldn't win the fucking game for us, could he? Without him, would have lost 6 3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go.
2: But that was, I remember that game and think, you know, obviously the free kick, diving into the crowd. But it was the game where you went, I think we might be able to do this. You know, it was a real turning point. Noble played in that game, didn't he? And Noble was like in tears. tears at the end yeah. of it. He was absolutely distraught that we didn't win that game, that we lost it. But I think we went away from that game going you know, there were signs in that game.
1: Well when the Bobby Zamora header went in for three two mm. I actually thought we're gonna na- we're gonna we've we've nailed this and yeah. could not. I still can't believe you know because often that game is one of those that's shown on highlights packages, one of the great games in the history of the Premier League, yeah. and I've watched it sickeningly so many times, and I still can't believe at three two that we went on and lost it. I keep thinking there's going to be a different result. Yeah, turn it off at that point. I think I should in future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Or we could just remake it again as a film. I think we should <laughs> the happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> let's get the original players back yes and make that again yeah like the great like the great escape film no the um, escape to victory um, yes so we've got two games coming up we've got one in Europe we, against uh, Bracca Topola and um, anybody know anything about them? no no no, no. no, no. so <laughs> there's
4: going to be some changes
1: though right? So, yeah that's
2: been so. Uh, yeah, so maybe Dinos Mavrepanos will uh, get a game. You've
1: be been practising that all day, Phil. No,
2: I... Uh, you got it early doors, didn't you? I got it early... Well, I was yes. reading it early doors, but now I've learnt it. You're very impressed. <laughs> do we, think, do we it's, think... It's sunk in, in the end. Do we think Danny Ings? Or Mubama? Mubama would
3: be I would nice. I right, would like to see Mubama
1: play. Yeah, I really <laughs> would. I think we've got to know if this guy this kid um, actually can step up mm-hmm. we all know what Danny Ings can and can't do and i put, put to one side the fact that it was a nonsensical signing uh, you know um, last January
2: I think we, we're still yet to see some things he can't do
1: I think he's just drip-feeding stuff he
2: can't do. <laughs> <laughs> just to tantalise us, and then we'll finally reveal more and more oh, things he can't, he can't do. Well. Danny Ings bingo, Danny Ings bingo.
1: Danny Ings has played, and, and I, this is a, a, a well-trodden path of mine, and, and, and I, very critically of Moyes in all of this, Danny Ings has played his entire life as a... As a, in, a, in a two up front. Hmm. In his early days at
4: Burnley, Burnley yes.
1: um, I can't remember the name, he had that big fella playing alongside him. Was he with Chris Woods? He was with no, him. it wasn't no. Woods, it was. It doesn't matter, but he played in a two. And that's where he's good. He needs a big man to play off, hmm. and he can find space, and he can finish, but he's not. A lone striker as a forager who's going to hold it up, lay it off, run with it—you know, stretch the play. That's not what he no, does. He's not going to run with And it's channel, really, it? un, it's really unfair on him, um, frankly. And so, I think it's much more important that. You know, we can see what Divine, or Divin, however you pronounce it, can actually do. Yeah. Um, And I think it'd be a shame if he doesn't start. But this is Moyes. He won't start.
3: I think he'll he'll go with things. And I, I think Moyes is desperate to play back three at some point and get us moving there. And I can see a kind of three-five-two with with Crespo we in there. Do you think?
1: Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, but who's going to play along? If it's a three-five-two, Dan, who do you think is going to play? Or may maybe coming in. I can't. I We've mean, got to find him first. Well, that, you know, <laughs> as we say, you know, he wasn't wasn't even on the subs bench on on, on Saturday, and he's a twenty million pound player. Who I thought when we signed him, I thought that was actually a really good signing. Yeah. You know, from the bits I'd seen him do for yeah. Burnley, he looked like a genuine left winger who could finish, who could run past the player. And we've not seen any of it.
2: No, I mean, you know, both Scamacca and Corne injuries early on, you know, were partly things that sort of scuppered them. I mean, there's a strong argument that Scamacca
1: didn't really want to be here. Um, I think there's a strong argument that Scamacca was never going to make it in the Premier League playing as a, as a lone striker. Yeah. He, again, has played. It's it's, it's like Al-air part two, part two. It's revisited. You know, these are players that play... In a two, they're not foragers, they're not Mikhail Antonio, they can't do what Mikhail right. can do. And that's why, not just because of his physical bulk, and, and therefore the resemblance to Michael Antonio, I really do believe that we need to see what Divine can do. Yeah. Um, and if we know we are going to withdraw Mikhail, after 70 minutes every blooming game you know this kid has got to come out i saw him on boxing day that freezing night at arsenal um, and at least he ran around and he didn't didn't actually do much positive but what he did do was he he kept pressing the arsenal defense even though we lost that game 3-1 mm. And having taken the lead But you know he actually made a bloody nuisance of himself And there's a lot to be said for that It's not just about sticking the ball in the back of the net You've got to press from the front And he at
2: least did that Now in his little cameos for the first team I think he's done quite well He sort of bundled the ball over the line In a disallowed goal In one of the European fixtures last season But
1: he also scored a good bundle Yeah
2: Wait, was In they? a legit game, was that in pre-season friendly he's, or something? He scored the one weird. in the Prem that
4: got disallowed as well, didn't it, for brushing his arm? That's oh, right. no, It was the assist, yeah. wasn't was it? Back last Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah um, you know, I went to that uh, youth team FA Cup final, yeah. and, and like, yeah. you know, we scored five goals. He didn't score anything, but what he was doing was dragging the defence all over the and place that's because of his power and strength and movement. That so is like Antonio. Point. You know making that gap appear over which... Sue Fowl could make his little pitching wedge thing, I think, yeah. over to uh, amateur golfer James Ward Prowse. Um, you know, it's because of one central defender sort of went with Antonio that Ward Prowse was in that space, and that's what Antonio
1: gives. And them. that's what that's what it's all about, as well as a forward player. I and mean, I know we're going to move on to Liverpool, but if you look how their front three, whichever front three configuration of a front three, they put play, and then they're all terrific. But it's it's the runs that each of them. Make that draw your defense all over the yeah. place. It's not just one guy as a battering ram. You've got to have the decoy runner to, to carve up space for somebody else to come in, so long as you've got enough forward runners getting onto the ball. Yeah,
2: well, that's where you hope with a kind of front three that Kudus will bring is like some smarts and those kind of runs because Ben Rama doesn't no. do that. No, he doesn't. No, it's not his game. Bowen does it, Antonio does it, but a third of our front.
1: Three doesn't do it. Stands there just watching the other two run. Well, it's up. the old-fashioned West Ham invention of the third man runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to the nineteen sixties, Ron Greenwood and all of that, and that was the Martin Peters role. He was the third man runner to come in behind and stick the ball in the net, near post or far post. I wonder if he'll rest Bowen and play Kudos on the oh, right
4: and play Benny on the left. Yeah, I
1: think really. I think he's got to rest Bowen because um his work rate i mean on saturday yeah um he did so much work great work defensively i thought to yeah. help out Kufal um and you know it's going to be a, it's a real shift Going to be on Sunday afternoon at Anfield, um, and I think he's got to go into that game fresh because we can't go into that game yeah. with this mentality. Of, well, it's Liverpool away, so we're going to get beat. So it really doesn't matter, and so long as we keep it respectable, I think that mentality has got to, to stop. Years. I mean, yeah. and of course, Bowen missed the penalty at Anfield last season in the game we should never have lost. No, never have lost. No, but Liverpool are better this season, certainly going forward. They're a damn sight. I mean, yeah. I watched them the other day, the highlights. Against Wolves, and blimey, they looked quite terrifying. Yeah. Um, they've got a new front three, although of course Salah is still there, and he's mesmeric that bugger. I mean, he really is something. They've rebuilt their midfield as
3: well. Though. They have. The yeah. midfield looks pretty good It does. Like Horlois, McCannis, though, I mean, you know.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to be in trouble. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Yeah. we're going to have to play well. We are going to have to play well. We're going to have to be lucky. And if we get chances, we're going to have to make them count. Because I think, um, even though Van Dyke is likely to play on Sunday, he's back from his suspension, yeah, he's not the same imperious power that he was two seasons ago. And I think we can get at that defence... But when we get the ball We've got to make it count No silly passes No hoofing it out of play um, We've got to make every second life. They do so, yeah,
3: Alexander-Arnold was injured at the weekend he so. was, yeah. yeah, I
1: think he, he might he might miss the game But um, Van Dijk will be back And um, Nunes, mm-hmm. who I, I think is a terrific player mm-hmm. um, Really starting to look... Um, like like the proper footballer is. He's powerful and he's, he's quick. quick yeah. And I think Koufal's going to have to treat him the, the old fashioned fullback styling, mm. you know, which is um, to. To get to get in there first in the first ten minutes and let him know mm. that um, this ain't going to be um, a fun afternoon for him. And if he wants to have the temerity to skip past it, he better watch where his back legs going to end up. Questionable temperament as well in the past. You
3: can get yeah. To do this. Mm-hmm. yeah, you can yeah, yeah, kick yeah, him up yeah. in the air a couple of times. Did a real job on him.
1: Yeah. yeah you know it's that old fashioned that's the West Ham way <laughs> <do it>. Easy <laughs> indeed.
2: the new forward they've got I really like and I've said this a couple of times That, that Diaz guys fantastic Diaz. I think He's yeah fantastic.
1: they're a very good side yeah, yeah. They're a very, and of course at home at Anfield we know what it's like We've so predictions Thursday um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that. or
2: Sunday th- okay th- yeah Thursday uh, I think 2-0 um,
4: I'm going to win it 2 3-0 on that three one. 3-0. I'll
1: take 3-1 three, three then. 3-1. Well, I, I don't know anything about an opposition. <laughs> no. I feel an absolute fraud predicting a game where I know nothing of the strengths or weaknesses of the opposition. Four, no. So eight, I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1. Okay. Now, uh, Sunday's game, <laughs> which I'm
2: going to. Very jealous.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I'm going to say... Um, One all Two all Two all oh, I going to
4: have two all I'm going to I'm going to go three all I'm going absolutely <laughs>
2: High scoring Yeah
3: Okay well I'm going to Take the other draw Then one all
1: <laughs> Well my Head says Three nil Liverpool But my heart says One nil West Ham So I'll follow my heart Can Brilliant Brilliant, Brilliant. Good predictions. Good set of predictions. This has been
2: Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me this week have been Pete Harcourt, good evening, Dan Silver, thank you very much, and Simon Penton. Lovely to see you. Come on, you Irons. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at PlaybackMedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network